day soon and you're going to begin to see it where the spirit of God will begin to flow in this church and others like it. That it there's, a, there's, there's a move that I, as the, as the head of the church, have longed for. I have longed for my body to draw nigh to me and to begin to begin to move in me. For I've got things for you to do and things for you to see. For the time is short. We don't have much time left. And you need to get ready. You need to get ready for all that I'm doing. For I desire to use you mightily, mightily, mightily. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Now we, we open up the Bible. We open up the word. This is your word. And we, we, separate, we separate this time unto you to hear what you're saying to us as a church and a body. And we thank you for all that you've done in this place so far today. In Jesus' name. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Josh. Josh, you didn't get your feelings hurt, did you? Okay, because if you did, I'll pray for you all day. I have to pick on somebody. That's why people quit moving off the front row. They get tired of being spit on and picked on. Yeah, you don't care. You're like, spit, baby, spit. But it'd be, <laughs> I, I, I got, man, I knew I'll show you when said English. <laughs> I have to sit here and get in, the, get out of the spirit, so I can read. <laughs> oh, there, there's someone over here getting healed right this minute, and it's pure mercy. I don't know who you are, but when you leave in, in a minute, you're going to check yourself and find out that you got healed just being in church. Right. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians, in, in Ephesians, in, in the book of Ephesians, God, through the apostle Paul, gave us two prayers. And I began to study this out the other day. And, and the first prayer in 17 through 21, and I'm going to read a little bit of it. It says, to the God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that the eyes of your heart or your understanding would be full of light, so you'll know the hope to what he called you, the exceeding greatness of his power that he gave to you uh, when he raised Jesus from the dead. The, the whole prayer is a prayer for you to get a hold of what Jesus did for you and when you became a Christian in him. That's... And that's a powerful prayer. And, and, and I don't sneeze at it at all. And, and I wished I had a month or two to preach on it. Because, and, I, and I'm not saying that we're moving from that. But that's what that prayer is about. It's a prayer for you to know who you are. It's very, very important for you to know who you are. But then in, in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, he prays a, another prayer for this church. And he's moving forward in verse 14. It says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the father of the Lord Jesus Christ in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, the church, according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. And he was talking about what Crystal was talking about a while ago. He was talking about what God did in you and the fact that he filled you up. And he's saying that Christ would dwell in your heart through faith that you would be rooted and grounded in agape love. 
now, may, may, that you may be able to comprehend, that's understand, with the saints, the width, length, depth, and height, to know the love of Christ that passes mere knowledge, that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now, I'm going to read something to you here, and then we're going to move on. Um, nothing significant is ever going to happen in your life without God doing it through you. There's a lot of things you and I can do in the natural. You can come to church, sit and sing two hymns to hers, and listen to a sermon and go home. That does not mean that God is moving. Doesn't mean he's moving in your life. Doesn't mean you have anything. As a matter of fact, and listen to me because I have to say some things. It's very difficult in America today to spot a Christian from a non-Christian. Not a lot of difference. You see a Christian coming down the street and a non-believer coming down the street. There's not a lot of difference. Marriage, you know, 50-something percent of all people that are unsaved get divorced. 50-something percent of all Christians get divorced. So there's not a lot of difference. And yet, the church has God in them. And you're reading it and going, and even I've read that and thought, okay, we're full of God. What gives here? I mean, shouldn't we, shouldn't there be a difference? Shouldn't there be a lot more going on? So he gives us the answer. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's in heaven, in Jesus, in Benny Hinn, In where? Now, let me read it to you a different way. Now, to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything you ask or think, according to the power that you're allowing to work in you. If you're not allowing it to work, it isn't working. You know, I used to use the analogy of... uh, of churches being like people who own a bus. The Baptists come down every Sunday and sit in the bus and talk about how great the bus is. The, Bab- the, Pen- the Pentecostals come sit in the bus and crank it up and walk home. The charismatic comes home and drives it away. What do you think all that power's for? It's, it doesn't do you any good to have an engine in your car and, and you walking everywhere you go. And, and then I come out here and find out you brought your car today and you pushed it. No wonder your life is hard. You just, man, I brought my car today, Pastor. I, it took me and five other people to get here. It took me all day. Bless his holy name. Life is tough. It's not, no, it's not supposed to be. See, he, he left you with power. All right, Let's, let, I'm just getting started. Go to, go to Acts 10.38 and pop it up on the screen. I want you to see something here. Let's debunk. See, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Have you noticed the church service has been different so far? Yes. You know why? 
because we gave the church back to Jesus. <laughs> so don't put anything on the oven when you come. You might have a burnt offering when you get home because the next thing we're going to do is take that clock back there down. Now, I don't know whether y'all know this or not, but they, handed, they, they gave this to me at 20 to 12 and I don't have a 20-minute sermon. Thank y'all. I'm going to come over here and preach. I got a man, a cold front, just like out of New York City. Came right over here on me. Amen. So you ever notice the fact that this church is just a little different this morning? Well, we woke up this morning and said, Jesus, take your church back. Do what you want to. So you know what? No, we're not, we're not going to come in here and put on something and just pretend like he's moving. He ain't moving. We ain't, moving. We ain't doing nothing. But if he changes something, we just, if, if, you know, if the Holy Ghost says, I want to do repentance, we just do repentance a while. We don't, we don't care. We don't have a pro. We, we, the pro, we can change the program. But you, you and I got to understand that if you don't have a church full of God, you don't have a church. If you have a Christian that's not full of God, you really don't have a very good Christian. It's got to be a lot of difference in you and everyone else that's walking down the street. Jesus was very different than everybody else that he met. And then he left and left you the power. Now let's go over and let's get rid of some goofy teaching. We got to undo stupid so we can move forward. You shall know the truth and first it'll make you mad and then it'll set you free. That's my translation. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing all who oppressed of the devil for God was with him. When did Jesus become the son of God? When he was born. How did that work for him? Well, I'm pretty sure it worked pretty good, but we don't see any walking around on top of water and catching fish and all that when he was 12. We don't see any of this stuff. He didn't make no water into wine or none of that stuff. And no, 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 he didn't. No, he didn't do it. Now, now that gets rid of, of a false idea that Jesus did miracles because he was God in the flesh. He, no, he did not. No, he didn't. So how'd he do it? Then I want you to look at another scripture. Go to Philippians chapter two, and I'm going to show you something. Philippians two, seven. I want you to see this in your Bible. You may want to mark it. But he, but made himself no reputation, took the form of a bond servant, and came in the likeness of men. So did he leave his deity behind? Yes. Did he walk the earth as God? No. Not a drop. So how did he do what he did? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost came on him. Holy Ghost came on him. So if Jesus Christ needed the Holy Ghost, do you? Now, now, I'm going back over, my, over my, what I just read to you, and I want you to think about this. I am a major proponent of who you are in Christ, and I always will be. So don't think that I am moving on from that. No, that's very much a part of our life every day. In him we live and move and have our being. I'm a new creation. I've been made the righteousness of God. And I might come in here and be led by God to preach on in him realities again, and probably will, and will do it, because you don't ever get away from that. You need that. 
But, but I'm going to say this to you because we're stuck there. What God did for me, man, he, Jesus died for me and rose from the dead and set me free and I'm washing the blood, praise the name of Jesus. And then you go home, defeated, came in broke, go home broke, came in sick, go home sick. Hold on a minute. Could it be there's another prayer? Yeah, there's another prayer here. Not that you just know who you are in Christ, but there is an actual person in the earth called Holy Ghost. And he is the head of the church. Jesus sent him to the church. Now he should show up. And when he does, you might want to take your program. You're not quite sure what you're going to get to do today or not. But, but now you know, boy, I'm preaching real good. Amen. You, you know, Paul said, let's go back to all the churches that we visited before. Did he do it? No. He got up there and the Holy Ghost said, don't do that. Go over here. And his other missionary journey, you'll notice he didn't do what he said he was going to do. He had a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. So he gets on the boat and goes to the first church. God goes, no, you come over here. You come over here and you go over here and do this. And next thing you know, Paul is doing stuff that he didn't have any plans. <laughs> I know y'all got y'all's plans. We got y'all plan. I got my plans. Well, I have a little word for you. I bet you if you walk with God, you don't do much of what you plan to do. I bet you God's going to get in there and you're going to be heading this way. He's going to say, well, you're going to go over there. You're going to go over there. You're going to go over there and do that. You know, I never thought about Florida. I never, I thought, I came down here to the Jesus Festival. I thought this is the stinkingest place. I mean, it smells like fish everywhere. Anybody leave nice, cool Georgia weather, nice oak trees and and deer hunting and fall and crispy weather. And man, I got off the plane the other day coming out of Maine. I thought I died and went to hell. We were up there in Maine in a jacket sitting there on the wharf eating, eating lobsters and crab and, and not halibut. What was that other fish, Lisa, that I ate? Um, haddock. Man, that's some good eating. I eating haddock and and I had some lobster bisque and soup and yeah, and you're in a jacket sitting there and the sun's going down and then we, and it's time to come home and we landed in Sanford and I stepped out that door and I went, oh, good God, I'll shut the door. Woo, it's hot. I'm a missionary to Florida. I still have flannel shirts. I found flannel shirts in Maine for $12. No, was it $13? $12. I like that store. Blue jeans, 23 And we went to a fountain. Do y'all know? The, you youngins, you don't know what I'm talking about. You think a fountain is out in a park with water. That's not a fountain. A fountain is where they got the stools that spin soda fountain. You sit there and they make you a root beer float. They put the root beer in there and put vanilla ice cream in it. And you, you got to go way back in time or go to Maine to find a fountain in blue jeans for 20 something dollars a piece. But it was nice. But see, 
my plans changed. Something tells me they'll change again. Don't shout me down. Yours will too. Okay. God doesn't tell you everything because he wants you to walk by faith. Go to Acts chapter 1 now. How am I doing, Shantae? Am I doing all right? Okay. Poke that girl right there and ask her if I'm doing all right. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem and to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard of me. And John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, let me tell you something. The church, again, the church, every, it seems like everybody outside some, somewhere says that this is the day that the church began. It is not. That's the reason why the church in America is powerless. All they're majoring on is what Jesus did. That's it. Every Sunday, what Jesus did one more time. John, open your Bible to John 3.16. You're preaching salvation to the saints every Sunday morning, talking about what Jesus did. And it's not bad sermons. It's just irrelevant. You're fishing out... Listen to me. If you go out and you buy a fish and put it in the bathtub and you catch it, that's not real fishing. And that's what church, they're getting the Christians saved. And of course, a child will grow up in church and turn 18 and he'll get saved and they thought they had a landslide. You're not really doing what Jesus said do. So because of that, the church has remained powerless. Verse 6, when they came together, they said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They thought the millennial reign was going to start real soon. He said, it's not for you to know the time of season, Father, but you'll receive power. He didn't say anything about new birth. Say power. When the Holy Ghost has come on you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And see, this is not the day they got born again. This is the day they got filled. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Now, we just got through reading that, the, that what the church needs is power. So, so go, look at Acts 4.31 with me. Just go to 4.31. Let's look. I'm going to show you a few scriptures. I got I to gotta get in your head what God is saying to us. And, and for all you people that are listening by internet, he's talking to you too. Amen. Um, 431. Now, I, now did, did Peter get filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost? Okay. I just wanted to ask that question. And when they prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness. I thought they already were filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, they got filled again, didn't they? All right, now I know, I know this is messing up your theology a little bit, but go to Acts 6, 3. Brethren, seek out among you seven men... Good reputation and full of the Holy Ghost. 
Don't put nobody to work in a church that ain't full of the Holy Ghost. All you're going to have is a mess. Ask me how I know that. Mm-hmm. All right. 754. Turn to 7. Go to 54. It's not, you don't have to go very far. You can go. You, you can. And when they heard these things, they were cut to their heart, and they gnashed at him with his teeth. And he, being full of the Holy Ghost, glazed, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus. They're stoning Stephen to death, and it says that while they're popping him, he's full of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you something to you. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You're not going to forgive someone hitting you with a rock unless you're full of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a little secret right now. You can't even walk in the love of God without. You can study. I did it. I did it. Ask me how I know. I read love is patient, love is kind, love is patient, love is kind, love is patient, love is kind. And I mean about a half an hour into traffic, you have lost your patience and all your kindness. Where are you Yankees going right now? Do you please get out of our way? Some of us are not on vacation. And if the light turns, would you please get off the dadgum phone? Put the phone down. I need to be going somewhere. I mean, you know, I want to be, I want to be the phone cop. I want to be the phone cop. <laughs> I could give a hundred tickets a day out to people sitting at traffic light. I think they need to double the fine. So traffic will flow again. When you're going down the road and it's 55 and someone's doing 40, they're on the phone. Never mind. That's, that's my own personal pet peeve. And I got, but, I, but you know, your love walk don't last very long in traffic. But if you wake up in the morning and you're driving down the road praying in the Holy Ghost, you say, ah, oh, praise the name of Jesus, a wonderful Yankee <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> and you're not all bent out of shape, you know, because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You're not supposed to be doing this by ourselves, Amen? All right. Now, now let's, let's look at another one. Uh, Acts 10, 9. Let's, go, let's just flip the page to 10. Verse 9. The next day they went on their journey and drew near the city. Peter went on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he got real hungry. And Jesus came and gave him some possum and some lobster and some, uh, some uh, skunk and said, I want you to get something to eat. And he said, I ain't never ate none of that. He said, well, Pastor Morgan eats that sometimes. And never mind. I'm going to teach y'all one day how to cook a possum. Y'all want to know how to cook a possum? Come on, y'all want to know how to cook a possum. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway because I got the pole. I'm going to tell you how to cook a possum. When you're driving down the road and you see a possum on the side of the road, you stop and you open up the hood of your car and you throw him in right behind the carburetor and you start the clock. You drive at 55 miles an hour for 30 minutes and you get out and you turn him over. And you drive another 30 minutes and when you arrive at your destination, the possum will be done. <laughs> y'all didn't want to know all that. I just thought y'all want to know that. <laughs> well, that's what Jesus told Peter to do right here. And he's having a problem with this. He's asking him to eat stuff and he's going, I ain't never done that before. All right. Now look at this. Verse 17, when Peter wondered within himself what that vision could have possibly meant, 
Verse 18, they called him Simon. He says, while Peter thought about the vision, the Holy Ghost said, behold, three men are looking for you. Arise, arise therefore, doubting nothing, I sent them. How are they getting there where they need to be? Holy Ghost. Where is he? Prayer meeting. Folks, listen, nothing significant is going to happen in you or through you apart from you being full of the Holy Ghost. You're just, you're just a normal person walking around with no power, even though you're born again. And the Holy Spirit's been asking me to start emphasizing this. Bring the church back to word and spirit. Bring the church in America back to the word and the Holy Ghost. If anything, we need to become Holy Ghost people. Because even though we have a Bible here, even though we have the Word of God, we still need the moving of the Holy Ghost. There are things that are not going to happen in your life apart from the Holy Ghost moving and talking to you. There's healings that won't take place unless there's a move of God in the church. There are, there are things that you're going through. You won't get answers to them without the Holy Spirit moving. You know, listen, listen, now listen to me. Listen to me. Why did God give tongues and interpretation to the church and yet we don't hear it in church? Apparently, apparently, Jesus did not know we really don't need that. Right? No. Wrong. You need it. Yes. Or he wouldn't have given it to you. Why in the world did he give you word of knowledge and word of... Why did he... Now listen, in, in, in many churches, if Shirley had walked up any church in, in, the, in the central Florida and said, I have something from the Lord, they, she'd have been sent down and sat down, shut up, woman, I got the message. It, it, so wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So wait a minute, is God, it, why would God even think about using some, especially a woman? And then, then he picks another woman, a crystal. I mean, now think about this. Don't he know we have a schedule? I mean, she's not even in the bulletin. <laughs> Crystal, word of knowledge from the Lord this morning. The, I mean, apparently Jesus gives us all these gifts. What are we, what are we doing with this stuff? Now, let me, let's talk about gifts of healings for a minute. I, I thank God for people. I, thank, I stand on the word for my healing. You know, there's people in, in church that they're, they're not going to get healed on their own faith. They're not. Why don't we pray and ask God to have a morning that the, that the Spirit of God comes and, and, and the gifts of healing are operating in the church? Why don't, why don't, we, why don't we start praying for that? We don't, we don't have to have every service. We don't, we don't have to, every, every service doesn't have to have three, three slow songs, three fast songs and, and offering and, and me preach and go home exactly 15 minutes to 12. I mean, it's called Sunday, not sun hour. I knew y'all would like that. Terry Pearsons. Is that his name? Terry. George Pearsons. Terry's his wife. Yeah, I don't know everything. If it ain't in the Bible, I don't know it. I didn't find George Pearsons in here anyway. 
George Pearsons was down in South Africa and he was praying over what to preach to the pastors down there. And the Lord said, I want my church back. A strong word. He came and preached this message at um, Mark Hankins and I got the CD. I've been listening to it over and over. When he got back to, um, to his church in, in Texas, the Lord said, take the clock down. He said, I'll tell you when you're done. When you want to scare somebody, take the clock down. Wait a minute, mate. wait a minute. Maybe during the worship, maybe he ain't done. Maybe he wants to, have, maybe the Holy Ghost would like to actually say something in his own church. Woo, that's a novel idea. <laughs> I'm messing it up real good, but it needs to be messed up. It needs to be messed up. I think we ought to mess it up just to mess it up. You know why the kids came back on fire? You took their phones away. They had nobody to talk to on the phone. Now they got to get with God. And they made them pray in the spirit. And after about two or three days of praying in the Holy Ghost, they just got so full of God, they didn't really give a rip about nothing. Now, if we can keep them from leaking, if not, we'll just, you know, they'll be fine. Amen. They're going to be fine. A couple of them got a call of God on their life. They're going to be fine. You know, we've, li- listen, we better start using these young people now. Don't wait till I die to start putting them in the pulpit. So if I come in one Sunday and I look at Caleb and I say, you better get your sermon this morning. I want to hear from God. You know, and I know y'all going, pastor didn't preach. I'm not coming back. Tell me when pastor's going to preach. Well, I'm archived. You can go back last Sundays. You didn't get it anyway, so watch it over. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get nothing until you've heard it 10 times. Y'all know that. You married. You know what I'm talking about. You people are married. Tell me that your spouse got it the first time you said it. They didn't get it. Lisa texts me sometimes, pick up milk, get home. You get milk? No. Nope. <laughs> it's sad, but true. And I'm walking out going to get milk, get milk, get milk. I get something else in my mind. I forgot all about milk. <laughs> it's sad, but true. 13.2, Acts 13.2. Let's look at that for a minute. I'm trying to give you a couple of scriptures here so you'll know I'm not just making all this up. Does it look to you like the Holy Ghost has something to do with the church? Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, you know, we're making a lot of decisions without him. Things aren't working real good sometimes. I mean, that's, that's real strong, and I want you all to hear that. A lot of times we're making decisions. He's not a part of it. We're do, don't lean to your own understanding. There's nothing up there. Well, there is something up there, but it's, it's not enough. Don't know everything you need to know in your head. So the Holy Spirit's the one that said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. Not mama. My baby. God might want to do something in your baby. 
Go to Ephesians chapter 5. No, go to Jude chapter 1. Go to Jude 1. We'll go to Ephesians 5 in a minute. Go to Jude chapter 1. Are y'all ready? Because I'm just about ready to get started. I've already laid the foundation, poured the concrete. I think I'll start building now. Jude 1. But you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. All right, hold on a minute. Let's talk. Let's, let's have a good papa kid talk. Let's have a good daddy children talk. Why is it that the church has so much trouble praying in tongues in church? I've had people while, now, and I do it on purpose. I walk around while I'm preaching. But I don't, but I don't, but I don't, but there's nothing in the Bible that says that you have to be alone in your closet and, and nobody listening to you because I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Day of Pentecost, he was loud, baby. And why is it that we pray in the Holy Ghost and we'll have people get up and just walk right out? I don't in a church. Let me help you with something. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you do not understand Holy Ghost Scriptures. Amen. Well, I'm going to say it to you another way. If you have never been to New York City, please do not tell me about New York City. You ain't never been there. Amen. I'll even get worse. If you've never had children, quit telling me how to raise mine. Amen. And if you've never been married, don't, te don't teach on marriage. You don't know nothing about it. I know you read the book, but that's fine. I'm glad you read the book. Now, just because you read a book on tongues doesn't mean you know anything. You don't know nothing about tongues and the Holy Ghost until you speak in tongues. That's right. So why are we asking people who don't speak in tongues to help us with the scriptures on speaking in tongues? Amen. They ain't never been to New York. How, how, what do you think of New York? We don't like it. Well, you've never been there. Right. What do you think of New York pizza? I ain't never had one. I ain't never been there. The are they good? Yes. Are they great? Yes. You've been to New York? Well, if you don't know about New York, you got to ask him. Don't ask me. I don't know nothing about New York. So we come into church and we want to start asking people who don't know nothing about the Holy Ghost to teach us about the Holy Ghost. And yet in the church, in the church, if there ought to be any place that people get comfortable building yourself up on your most holy faith, ought to be in a church service on Sunday morning. And yet that's odd. And yet I, I'm pushing this and I'm going to keep pushing it. We'll get through worshiping God. I'm going to take off singing tongues a while. You know what I'm trying to get you to do? Sing with me. If you're uncomfortable here, I know what you ain't doing there. And unless you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you ain't full of God. The, the Holy Ghost tongues is the doorway into the supernatural. You got to pray. And I ain't talking about three minutes either, baby. Now, here's what three minutes of tongues is. You go out and you kid, your child comes to you and says, Daddy, Daddy, I want a swimming pool. And you go get a sprinkly. That ain't a swimming pool. That's a sprinkly. So the kid runs through the yard and goes, whoo, that he's wet. But that ain't no, 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 you can't dive in the sprinkly. Now you cheated that kid by about $20,000.
Or you can go out in the backyard and get a water hose and go, woo! But I suggest you take the water hose and throw it over in the pool and you go to dinner. Maybe all night. I think maybe the church needs to do a little bit more than Shandai. Ha 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 ha. church a little sprinkly a little sprinkle we got blessed today have you ever noticed how much water God has come to Florida in a hurricane we would love to show you how much water he has he got some water. We, we having a drought. God don't even know how to spell drought. Water, water everywhere. He got, man, you ain't never seen the ocean. You think he ain't got no water. You got to see the ocean. There's no, there's no lack in God. There isn't. The only place there's lack is in the church. The, the, are y'all understanding this? In order to walk in the Spirit and be full of God, you're going to have to get in the Spirit. You got, we got the Word, but you got to get in the Spirit. So Ephesians chapter 5. Now see, here's the good news. You say, we left church today and I wasn't done. Uh, you can take him home. Uh, yeah, you don't have to go home. He doesn't live here. He lives in you. And that's good news. I mean, I mean, listen, you got a car. Turn everything off. You know, it's fun to get so full of God that you get drunk. You know what? Drunk people don't care about nothing. They, they think everything's funny. Driving down the road. I used to work in, uh, as a maintenance man, and I'd get so drunk in the Holy Ghost that I'd pick up a ticket to go fix somebody's dishwasher, and I'd walk across the apartment complex, and I'd be standing over there. Why am I over here? I'm supposed to be at building seven. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd pray in the Holy Ghost and I'd walk to building five. And I'd about it, I'd, 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 when they're standing at building five. <laughs> they're going to fire me, man. I ain't supposed to be working. <laughs> How do y'all make it working with heathen without being full of God? You need to be intoxicated. Get up in the morning, get intoxicated, get drunk, thoroughly drunk, and then go to work. Hey, hey, hey. Your boss says, are you drinking? Yes. I'm on medication, baby. I'm on medicine. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, are you all there? I've been waiting on you, Sonny. I've been, all this time, I've been walking around just waiting on you to get there. Verse 18, do not be drunk with wine. That means you don't need to go to the world to get it which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The literal Greek rendering that Brother Hagin said, that the Greek scholar said, is the word be, being filled. 
That means it's, it's a constant. It's, it's, it's something that is ongoing all the time. Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. You see, there's a river on the inside of you. There's a river on the inside of you. He said in Ephesians that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything you could ask or think according to the power you're allowing to work on the inside of you. If it's not working on the inside of you, it ain't working on the outside of you. When it's working inside, it's working outside, and God goes to work when you turn him loose. That's what Crystal was prophesying. That's why God wanted to separate what she said from what I preached so you would know when I preached it that he already was on it before I got up. You sit there and say, man, God said it three different directions, three different people, three different ways. I think he's trying to say something. Hey, the church today, listen, listen to me. You're good people. Y'all are good people. You love God. But you're a defeated people. And it doesn't need to be that way. You don't need to be defeated. You should be, you should be the most powerful group of people on this earth. So let's tell another story. Y'all remember the story of Jesus dying on the cross? He took our place. Went down in the region of the damned, and the devil took him and locked him in a jail cell down there. At the end of three days, the Holy Ghost bulldozer came down into hell. Big old gold bulldozer with big old dude, man, just big diesel engines are cranking and God sent that boat down into the region of the damned and all the devils in hell are sitting there and all of a sudden hell's shaking. And they look up, what is going on? And here comes the, the bulldozer with the Holy Ghost driving it right down in the region of the damned and pushed the door so open where Jesus was and set Jesus free and he got out of that jail cell and climbed up in the bulldozer. AC, stereo, singing Hosanna. Lifted up the blade and tested a little bit. Demons are biting the blade, trying to stop it. Demons are bouncing on the windows, trying to stop it. And Jesus turns the bulldozer through hell and starts setting all the captives free. The people that had died before and went down in the region of the dam, they called it paradise. And he went over there and he bridged the gap and got them all free. And they all jumped on the bulldozer and he comes rolling, rolling right up out of hell with this thing. Drove right into Jerusalem in this thing. And Peter's looking around going, where'd you get that? He said, that's a bad bulldozer. He said, that's my bulldozer. He said, can I touch it? Yeah, you can touch it. Can I climb in the cab? Yeah, you can climb in the cab. As a matter of fact, when I leave, I'm going to give it to you. So the day that Jesus leaves, he comes and gets in his bulldozer and he drives away. And the bulldozer goes up in the air and he goes, Oh, there goes my bulldozer. And all of a sudden he says, go to Jerusalem until you're endued with what? 
Say power. power. Not the new birth. Power. And they're all sitting around the room praying. And they hear a noise. And they're looking around and Peter's going, where's that? That's the bulldozer. I, I hear a bulldozer. That's the bulldozer Jesus ripped hell up with. I hear it. And they're looking around the room and the fire of God's on them and the diesel engines are kicking in. And all of a sudden Peter looks at John and goes, that's coming out of you. And John says, it's coming out of you. And next thing you know, Peter's looking up. And what's inside of me? When the bull, wait, 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 wait. It's the same spirit that went down in the region of the dam and took our Jesus out of hell. Don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So we got church, church members walking around full of power. Somewhere, we need to start having church services where maybe we all get filled with the Holy Ghost again. Well, isn't that emotionalism? Uh, I'll guarantee you when power hits you, you're going to look emotional. I mean, now I'll prove it to you. When you get home this afternoon, get a bobby pin. Y'all know what them is? That's the thing that women use to put the curlers in their hair. They may not do it anymore, but they did when I was a kid. And I want you to open it up and stick it in an outlet. Make sure you lick it. Hold it and shove it up in that outlet. And when you come back here next Sunday, tell me whether you got emotional. Oh, put that down. <laughs> and that ain't much power. That's only 110. There is a 220. <laughs> There's a 440. <laughs> there is a God. I hear a bulldozer. Oh, yeah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Build yourself up. Build yourself up. Build yourself up. So I have a word from the Lord. Now I want y'all to listen to me. In that flesh, flesh is the ones of you that are sitting doing nothing. 
flesh is pride. I didn't feel it. <laughs> well, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praying in the spirit and the understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Put on, put on, put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. Hallelujah. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. I mean hair lip hell. He knows that sound. He knows that sound. Ha ha ha. Now y'all sit down. Y'all sit down. I want to read something to y'all. I want to read something to you. Now, now, for the ones of y'all think I, I don't, I don't see why it's necessary. Well, Mark Hankins' father said it ain't necessary unless it's necessary. Now, 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 listen to this. He gives power to the weak, to those that have no strength. He in, might he increases strength. Even young people faint. And are weary. Even young men fail. They that wait. The word wait is minister to the Lord. The word renew is swap. They that minister to the Lord swap strength with God. What do you think Peter was doing in that upper room? He's up there swapping strength with God. You come out of that room and your shadow, your shadow, your shadow is healing people. Your shadow is healing people. Now I'm going to tell you all something. I'm going to tell you something right now. Smith Wigglesworth, before he died, prophesied, the last day revival will be a merging of the word and the spirit. He said the church will get so full of Holy Ghost, they will empty hospitals of people. I had never seen that yet, but we're going to. We've seen it in a measure. We've seen it. Now, now all of this, everything I'm saying to you is in a prayer. Paul said, Father, I pray that they would be filled with the fullness of God. You and I are go through a lot of stuff. You don't need to go through it. Fly will not land on a hot skillet. Boy, you kids realize what y'all did. Didn't y'all enjoy Diego preaching? Wasn't that good? I thought, my God, go, buddy, go. I thought Caleb was going to get up and take off. And I just, I guess I'm going to have to get him up here on his own. Just give him a Bible and say, go, buddy. Hey, they're not the only two. There's others in the youth group. Aren't you proud 
that our teenagers are on fire for God. Listen, listen to me. You got kids, they're not going to make it unless you get them in a Holy Ghost church. Don't you send them off no dead church. They'll kill them. They'll kill them. The Pentecostal church I grew up in, my, my sister married a Pentecostal preacher's son. They had meetings. And then they got dignified. And they lost it. You know, when, 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 you know when, when, when everybody in town's talking about those are holy rollers, I'd rather have God on me 10 minutes and on this earth with a fence around it. They traded. They traded the move of God for a reputation where the city would accept them. I'll give up my reputation if I have to. I want God. I want God on me. I want to know I lay my hands on the sick and they recover. When my sister, when my sister died and went to hell, y'all know she went to hell, don't you? I'm in a prayer meeting. Holy Ghost came on me. Pray and pray now. I started praying, groaning. That's not popular anymore if people preach against it. It's in the Bible. I began to groan. Intercession means you take their place. That's, that's lost. That's lost. There's a whole, whole churches full of people. They don't know anything about intercession. Oh, groaning in the Spirit. Groaning in the Holy Ghost. Unless Zion travails, she brings forth no children. When a woman's having a baby, she's travailing, baby. She's, she's travailing. She ain't travailing. She ain't having no baby. I'm travailing. My sister's down in hell. Holy Ghost said to me, please don't stop. Please, please don't stop praying. Please. I'm sitting in the living room, snot running out of my nose, groaning in the Holy Ghost, groaning in the Spirit. You don't, don't try to make people groan in the Spirit, but don't stop it when it starts either. And I started laughing and the Holy Ghost said, who am I praying for? He said, call your sister. She had died and gone to hell and something went down and who'd pulled her back up. And I called her and got her in my house and got her born again filled with Holy Ghost. You say, I don't agree with that. I'm going to give a rip. What you think? Brother Hagin said, if we don't teach this, this generation, it'll be lost. We've got to come back now and start teaching this to this generation. Does that mean that we walked away from the Word? No, it does not mean we walked away from the Word. We're Word people. It's in the Word. Everything I just said is in this book. Now, I'm going to say something before I turn y'all loose. There's going to be times we get in the flesh. Okay? Why do you want to kill a move of God because someone got goofy? If you stop somebody from doing something stupid, you just stop everything. Just let... Goofy people be goofy. If we miss it, well, we missed it. But I'd rather have, I'd rather have wildfire than a graveyard church. I'd rather y'all get in here and run aisles and jump pews and it's not God 
and to sit and look at me like a dog at a new bowl. When God's in you, it's going to be obvious. You're going to move. You're going to, mm, 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 mm. When something's working in you, you either got to get up and go to the bathroom or you, you need to get in. Something moving in you, you know it. Something working on the inside down there. Can I tell y'all some more stories? Are y'all looking? When I went to when I went to Raymond, I went to Buddy Harrison's church, and I sat where Crystal sits every Sunday. Came sit. Every time Buddy give an altar call, I'd start weeping. I'd sit there and start praying in the spirit, just weeping. I had no idea that the Holy Ghost had come on me to pray that man back there into the kingdom. We're losing it. We're losing this. We're losing it, guys. We're so afraid. What's somebody going to think about me? What's it matter what somebody thinks about you? Amen? Well, I'm ready for God, aren't you? I'm going to read this one more time and then I'm going to... I just feel led that I'm... I feel led I'm done. Nothing significant is ever going to happen to you in your life without God doing it through you. Live and die. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, they labor in vain unless the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain that build it. We've had church services that we might as well have stayed home. God wasn't in it. There's churches in town that God ain't in it. I'm not saying that to sound like we're better, we're not better. But I, I'm, I for one, am ready just to start seeking God's face. I've been praying a lot about this. I think the prayer team's prayed a lot about this. I want, I want, I want God here. Amen. Are y'all agreeing with that? And you have to, you have to want it because it ain't happening if you don't want it. You act like you don't care. He'll go someplace else. He don't have to show up at your church. Father God, thank you for this morning. We're going to walk out of here in a minute and say hey, we went to church today. Thank you for the, for the way you moved. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We got instructed in the Word and there's people today that got washed in the blood and there's somebody, a couple people got healed in here today, Father. And, 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 and we're leaving stronger than we came in. And we'll walk out and say, it was so good to be in the presence of God. And we're taking you with us. We don't have to stop because we go home. I've encouraged them the best I know, Father. I have to give the rest to you. I'm going to encourage you to do something. Practice the presence of God. Spend time praying in the Holy Ghost more than you do. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. Don't go into this. There has to be an interpreter and all that mess. Stop the stupid that came out of a church that doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't, they don't know anything. It's your private prayer language. It's the key. It's the door 
to the supernatural in your life. God wants to work in you. I could stand right here and tell you story after story after story all day and all night. I've had God do more outside of a church than in it. I've had him tell me where the deer are when I'm hunting. I had him hold my rifle one time for me while I took a shot that I couldn't make. I, there's, there's just the, the, uh, the enormity of him, the awesomeness of him. I've had him when I drove by tell me about a guy that had um, something I needed from my truck. Word of knowledge on how to fix my truck. That's cool. That's a cool way to live. You can drive around all day or you can get God to show you. This, I, I could, we could go on all day. It's, it's so cool. I think it's the other day I was telling Lisa and I was looking for something and I said, well, I guess we're going to have to pray about it because we can't find it. I mean, every time we do that, you pray and boom, you know. Why didn't we do that about an hour ago? <laughs> Papa God, I love you. I thank you so much for this church. I pray over everybody in the sound of my voice that this week they just get fuller and fuller and fuller of God. These teenagers that came home, young, young adults, I should say. Father God, that's only the beginning for them. There's a lot more for them. They're, they're the ones that are going to take this church on. They're the generation that will take this move of God on further than I ever have. They'll do more in this church than I've done. But it'll be okay with me because they're going to be building on the foundation. Father, if there's anybody in this room right now that's not born again, I'm asking you to show them to make their way up here in just a minute and receive Jesus. If there's people that are not filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you to speak to them, draw them up here right now. Get them full of the Holy Ghost. If there's somebody that needs healing in their body, when Lisa gives the altar call and hands are laid on them, I'm asking that they would minister the healing power of God in their body and they'd be healed. Thank you, sir, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.